Welcome back to the No Spin Dash Zone. I'm your host, Charlie. And I'm joined by... I love Radio Charlie. <laughs> I really like Radio Charlie. I'm not that I'm not that radio, I just do that. My name is Steven. And I am Isaiah. And today we played Sonic Battle, or today. at least I guess the first half. Okay, you know what? Are you gonna be... You know... Everything, every day is a new day for our listeners, and you got to respect that. Every day is a new day. That is literally true. So we played Sonic Battle. We played the whole game, but we aren't going to talk about the story until next week. Yeah. So so this is a Game Boy Advance game that came out... What what company made this game? Do we know? I think it's just Sonic Team, isn't it? I don't think it was Dimps. It might have been Dimps, but... I don't know if it was Sonic Team, but I know that it is... Oh, it was it was Sonic Team. It is published by Sega. And by the way, with these uh, handheld games, they were uh, published by THQ in yeah. like outside of Japan, which is always kind of an interesting thing to know. I don't quite understand that, but whatever. You would think Sega would handle it, but I guess because they're no longer developing for their own systems. Well, they only they only <laughs> publish in Japan. Yeah, they're not a publishing company outside of Japan right now. Yeah. Like, it, not right now as in today, but right now as in, like, as during the time this game came out. circa 2003. Yeah. I mean, THQ's dead. S- circa present year, yeah. Like, we could have EA publishing Sega games right now if we wanted to. I thought you were going to uh. say E102 Gamma. <laughs> sure, that's way better than the dark future I described. Yeah. Man, I'd love to be best friends with Gamma, but not Chaos Gamma, just the regular Gamma. So, this game came out, like... A month before, or like less than a month before Sonic Heroes came out. Oh man. Yeah, that's really crazy. Like because of that, it like it's kind of weird because their plots are like almost against each other. Because we'll get into it more when we actually play Sonic Heroes, but that game sort of like dials it back on the whole urban Sonic situation. Like there aren't any humans in that game. Yeah. And there are implied humans in Sonic Battle, like the president. <laughs> yes, like the president. They're not they're not shown, but there's stuff like uh, security guard and like bartender. Like there's yeah. a bartender in this game. <laughs> yeah, so it's it feels like kind of weird that we go from this directly to Sonic Heroes, and like this game has a lot of like plot details in it that make it feel like it is canon. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting because this game and Sonic Heroes both are, like, sort of about a huge cast of characters. Yes, exactly. So it, this it feels like this is the era where we're really sort of expanding the Sonic extended universe. Like, yeah, these are the Sonic All-Stars that we'll be racing later on. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one, Chief. <laughs> Look, man, I can pretend that that game is about Sonic characters. Yeah, you can pretend that Big the Cat isn't is in that isn't in that, and that like all of the other great characters are. Yeah. Why isn't Espio in that game? <laughs> Why isn't Espio in that game? Why isn't Espio in this game? Well, he's not in this game because that's like just a step too far. Hey, man. Anyway, this is a fighting game, sort of. It's more of a beat 'em up in the single player version, because like most fighting games kind of are anyway. Yeah. But, like, everyone's, like, on an equal playing field. Yeah. And you're, like, you have fixed arenas. I don't... 
know if we want to talk about that. I just... Yeah, well, I was going to start by saying that, like, this is one of the earlier instances of a more popular gameplay genre today, which is the Arena Fighter. It, this game isn't, like, 2D per se. It's a very confusing kind of isometric 3D. Yeah. It's right. not, like, just a top-down perspective, though. This game is kind of incredible to look at on the Game Boy Advance because the screen shifts around. Yeah. So you can get this really interesting, like, feeling of depth. Yeah. And then you kind of have to use a lot of, like, drop shadow to figure out where you actually are and where your attacks are going to land. It's but I feel like difficult. the hitbox... Yeah. I was gonna say, I feel like the hitboxes are big enough that you don't feel like you're whiffing attacks a lot. Yeah. It's, it's an entirely 3D game that is shown entirely with 2D images, but it works really well. Yeah, and you can also, like... I don't know if there if you can do every angle, but you can definitely like flip the screen one one eighty if you hold L and move around. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Also, if you double tap L, you're you do a one eighty turn, so you can see behind the different level elements better. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, sometimes I do that by accident. So I don't know. You said early. This is like an early installment of the Arena Fighter. Yeah, the, there have been variations of it before, but to me, this is, like, the first refined version. Right, because I, I don't think I'm a arena fighter. I think of, like, Power Stone, and if you'll forgive me, uh, what is it, One Piece Grand Battle? It'll be a yeah, grand that, battle. Yeah, that's an arena fighter. A lot of, of anime-style, like, fighting games are arena fighters. Yeah. yeah. It'll be a grand battle. <laughs> it's really cool that you can put this in a Game Boy Advance, because, like, I was playing this on my Game Boy Advance, and it was just like, wow... This is great, even though I mostly play on my GameCube, because why wouldn't I? Yeah, I think this game definitely benefits from having a bigger screen, just because of, like, the sheer quantity of sprite art in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot worth seeing. But basically, the, the main thing that you'll be doing when playing this game is, like, running up and doing this basic combo. Each character has a basic attack button, and then that sort of, like, flows into a few different things you can do. And then in addition to that, you have a special attack button that allows you to activate, what, it's a total of six different abilities? Yeah. yeah. And we'll get into that in a second, but mm -hmm. for your B button attacks, you basically have a one, two, three, and then ender combo, and you can end it whenever you want during that flow, or even start with your ender. And the ender will shoot your opponent forward, or in a different direction that you push. And in addition to that, if you push back and attack, you will like flip them into the air. And I don't see that as being super useful for most characters. There are certain yeah. instances where it's good. Yeah, I've never used it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it, it's useful for Tails if you want to spam certain attacks, but we'll get into that when we talk more about characters specifically. But I like how there's sort of this mix-up that you get where depending on which way you're shot, you have to push a different button to, or a different direction to recover in midair. Because if you hit a wall, you'll take damage and be popped to the air unless you're pushing the opposite direction. So let's say an opponent like hits you with their three hit combo and then at the end of it, they hit up instead of just away from themselves and you hit a wall. If that wall is really close, it's hard to time it so that you get a chance to recover. But if you do get your chance to recover, you can immediately respond to them by attacking them from midair. And that creates this sort of like, it's almost like a parry system. Yeah. Where you have to guess which direction you're going to be shot or just react fast enough. It's sort of counterattack stuff. Yeah. 
it's a it's a really neat idea I think for like a fighting game like this to put the mix-ups not in the moves but in like the direction that they're used because of the 3d space that they use yeah mm -hmm. and then if you hit your opponent with a heavy attack and you're on the offense if you push towards them you'll dash into the air like straight at them and you can catch them in midair and hit them with another attack but you that's risky because of the thing I described earlier where if your opponent is like on the ball with it they can respond to you and they will always get the upper hand in that exchange oh okay but if you do hit them with your like follow-up attack then it bounces them on the ground and opens them up for even more combo potential yeah. Very annoying. When <laughs> you're on the I, receiving end. I oh, yeah. am on the receiving end more often than I'm on the giving end. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting because Steven, you're very good at picking up on the like specific mechanics of the game in ways that I think Charlie and I are very much not. Yeah. I mean I, I play a lot of fighting games, so Yeah, but but so you're able to appreciate a lot of stuff about this game that Charlie and I aren't. Uh, and I'm sure that will be evident as we continue talking about the game. But in particular, a lot of the mechanics that, like, like there's there's just some stuff that you're like, oh yeah, this is how this works. And I'm like, oh, so that's how that works. <laughs> Did you, I mean, you guys both found out how to recover after, like, a heavy attack, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of mechanics that the game doesn't really tell you about. Yeah. And I think that's fine. But it, it does lead to situations where I am just I just don't know those mechanics, and and you can you can beat the game without knowing them, as yeah. evidenced by me having not quite beaten the game yet as of the time of this recording, but uh, I'm I'm making progress steadily. So yeah, yeah. I think this game does a good job of showing the player what they can do by having them fight opponents that do those things. So you'll see your opponent recover off of the wall, and you'll see your opponent follow up their attacks and stuff. Yeah. And this game is a, like, it's like a three-button fighter, but one of those buttons is a jump button. So it's really like a two-button fighting game. And that makes it, like, pretty quick for you to figure out at least the basics, I think. Yeah. So, like, uh, when, you, when you launch somebody, if you hit after you've launched them the direction key that you've launched them in, you can chase after them and follow up, right? And yeah. that was one of those cases of I see the computers do that and I go, how do I do that? Let me let me hit a button and see if I can figure it out. Uh, and eventually yeah. I did, yeah. and I'm like, now your power is mine. Well, and also the way that you do a heavy attack or your combo ender from like just a standing position without starting your combo is by pushing the button towards or pushing your direction towards the enemy and hitting the attack button and you're bound to like accidentally push that direction twice and then just accidentally shoot yourself into the air yeah which i have done yeah that's like the only tutorial you really get in the game is how to do an ender and how to do a like an upwards attack because tails just explicitly tells you to do those things to emerald yeah yeah and I think that's probably the the ender is the most important thing for the player to know how to do. Uh, that they can't just that they can't just figure out organically. Like they have to be told it. Because yeah. there's stuff like uh, selecting what your special moves will be when your character spawns. That is something that very much you learn by experimenting with because the system is too complex to really explain with words but is very simple to understand like just by experiencing it 
Yeah, you could have, like, a really detailed tutorial for it, but I feel like that would just hurt the game overall. Because, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it would just waste all this time at the beginning of the game, and that wouldn't seem, like, fun. It would seem too complex to learn, and it would kind of just overbear you. Yeah. But I think the way that they do it here is, that's the first screen that you see, is just, like, pick up, like, pick your powers, and if you just mash A, you get right through it. Yeah. And it feels simple enough, because it just, it's just these icons that say, what is it, like, Pow, Shot, and Mine? It's, uh, oh shoot, I don't remember what it is. Is uh, it Pow, Shot, and Other? It's I think it's there. Pow, Shot, and Trap. Yeah, also Pow and Shot are reversed. It's, it's, uh, Shot, Pow, Trap. Yeah. But yeah, basically there are these three different, like, icons, and the order that you select them in decides what your move on the ground will be, what your move on the air will be, and which move you'll be able to just auto-block. Right. It's a really interesting rock, paper, scissors system that you just don't have to interact with if you don't want to. Yeah, but, like, it is a very useful thing to, like, kind of understand, so you, you have to predict what your enemy might decide to use or defend against in your in, when they respawn, and yeah. you want to take advantage of that because you can easily, you can, like, recharge a, a meter. I don't know if you mentioned the meter yet. Yeah, we haven't covered the meter yet, but go for it. I would like to interject real quick. It's shot, pow, and set. Ah, set is the, the third one that I never remember. It's yeah. called, like, it's called trap in, like, the menu for the the moves, but yeah. we'll get yeah. to that later. But, yeah, so there is a meter that fills up, and if you hit the L button, like, normally you would just, like, parry, and it's not like you can hold it like it's a shield in, like, Smash Brothers. It's, like, it's a very time-sensitive thing. Yeah. But also, if you hold the L button, you will do a recovery, or you'll do a heal, rather, and you'll recover HP and also the meter... And in addition to blocking the move you defend against, increasing that meter, and I think dying, there's a few other things that affect it. Yeah, just it's like it's like most other fighting games where taking any amount of damage will increase it slightly. Yeah, but it's it's not as effect. significant as other fighting games. Yeah, it does not fill up nearly as fast as in Street Fighter. You'll only get to like half of your meter by just getting hit. Yeah. It also does not fill up by giving damage. Yeah, it's it's like really weird. Like the best way to heal it is just by you know defending against special moves and then also healing when your opponent is knocked out. And some yeah. some characters have meter have heal abilities that heal one aspect faster, whether it's health or your super. But once the super does get healed, you basically if you the next time you use a special move, you ha you do a one hit kill unless the enemy can defend against it, or it yeah. just whiffs. Yeah, it's just like it, you have to like it's that's when the prediction is like really important because you might want to take out multiple enemies, but maybe one enemy or both enemies are defending against that type of move. Yeah, sometimes in certain fights, it's almost better to die so that you can figure out which things your opponents are blocking and then change yeah. your moves accordingly. Yeah. And actually, I think that's one of the best parts of the move selection system, is that you can't change your special move on the fly. You only get to do it after you've been KO'd. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can get information about your opponent and, like, figure out, oh, they're always blocking my shots, so I'll just not pick that one the next time I respawn. Yeah. And in addition to that, I like, because what, usually what I like to do is, like, I want to kill the character normally with the regular move, so I can just, like destroy their entire health meter when they respawn, but I, I run the risk of them defending one of them, because I, yeah. I have a 50-50 chance of, like... Well, not even 50-50, because they have two special moves. You have to, like, oh, which one do you think they'll defend? And I, I don't know if the AI 
specifically is set to like block the one that you use more because sometimes it doesn't feel that way sometimes it just feels random yeah I, th I think it's just random i don't know sometimes it feels like they're blocking the thing that i used last it, it's really weird like yeah, it, it is peculiar when i was doing this one battle i noticed that they're the, when they did the first in the first round of i don't remember what battle it was but they would either only they would either block the shot or they would or they would block the trap but they would never block the pow on the first round which was mm. weird yeah there's definitely some like weird ai stuff going on in this game i think that's all of the basics sometimes the ai is very silly like there will be times where i'm up on a ledge and they just can't seem to figure out how to get to the ledge like they're they're at the bottom of the ledge and they're like doing short hops and they're not getting all the way up there and i'm like oh well i'll just charge and they yeah. just let that happen yes so sometimes the ai will just like not do anything most of the time it does stuff though like it's very rare occasions right. that that happens like there was one time i was facing against like what was it sonic tails and knuckles at the same time and knuckles wasn't doing anything so i just left him alone so i wouldn't have so i didn't wake him up or anything yeah well the computers will charge yeah, yeah. but he wasn't doing anything oh okay <laughs> Yeah, usually if they're charging, like, I'll just charge my mirror because, like, I need to heal myself. Like, if, especially if I'm, like, fueling my super just because like, I'll just kill him. Yeah, you, you have, like, a <laughs> Dragon Ball Z moment where you're both just charging in different corners. Yeah. Yeah. And do we... I don't... Is it, is it a, now an appropriate time to talk about, like, the gameplay mode types? Like... Well, I was gonna... The next thing I wanted to do was talk about, like, specific character mechanics because well, each character has, like, certain right. things. But I think I just want to mention that like this this game is similar to Smash Brothers in that there are like two basic game modes where like you have a stock mode and you have like a well they don't even have they don't even really have a time mode except yeah, for like in one mission but like you basically have to get more you have to get to 10 KOs first not necessarily kill the person 10 times because it, yeah. it, it it's different once you're in a a four or three player uh, match yeah. Because if with three with three people to KO, you need to KO them a combination of ten times, and at, at some points in the in the game, uh, they can KO each other, so they can just steal your kills from you. Yeah. Well, actually, I believe in every single fight where it's like reach a certain KO count, those are just free for alls. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? That's not that's not quite right. It's more like when a fight is between enemies, like actual enemies, it's yeah. a stock fight, and when it's between people you're friendly with, it's a KO count fight. And I know for sure that there is one fight in Tails' story where you fight Rouge, and for some reason she doesn't, like, she's like, get to 10 KOs, but Emerald can get to 10 KOs even though he's on your team, so yeah. he, being on your team, can steal your kills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk about character-specific stuff, yeah? Yeah, um, I was gonna talk about how each character, they all largely function the same, like everyone has a heavy attack that sends the opponent flying and they can all chase after them, but each character has different properties on all of their moves, there are pretty much no universal, like, shared moves. Yeah. Because everyone's slam even functions differently. Like, Tails won't always, like, when he dashes into the air and does his, like, follow-up attack, it won't always bounce the opponent on the ground. Sometimes it just leaves them in the air. And that's helpful for Tails because his, like, air normal attack is this little spin that you can sort of just stun lock your opponent with. Yeah. 
And in the competitive version of this game where you're playing against other people, I feel like stuff like that might be kind of annoying because it's really simple combos. But I think it's really rewarding in the single player campaign to find out how to like sort of abuse each of these characters' abilities. Yeah. Because this game's campaign is set up in such a way that like you'll be playing as different people each time you open a story. And it's fun to kind of learn the specific thing that they're each good at. Yeah. So do you guys have a favorite character? Uh, I played this game as a kid, as a young kid, uh, and my favorite character to play as was Cream. And at the time, I didn't even know who Cream was, because I'd only played the Sonic games, I didn't watch Sonic X, right? And, and Cream isn't really a thing up until this point. I hadn't played Sonic Advance, so... Because she's in Sonic Advance 2 or 1? forget. She's in Sonic Advance 2. Advance 2, that's right. But I also hadn't gotten to the point in the story that introduced her, so I would just play like other modes where you could select your character, and I'd be like, alright, who's this character? Oh, she's a lot of fun. And now that I'm playing the game again, I think maybe Rouge? I like Rouge's abilities a lot, like her special techniques. Yeah. I also, yeah. I'm a huge fan of, and this is just single-player stuff, I'm a huge fan of her air attack, where she, like, like moves down and kicks and then bounces back up because you can just juggle enemies that way and especially because the AI isn't very smart uh, they just will get hit by it yeah for sure the, the AI is like good at playing this game in some ways but in other ways they're super susceptible to like one technique from each character yeah Rouge is like really easy to exploit again like if because she, she she has a her, she has an auto descent thing when she jumps, and so oh, you can yeah. just and every time she gets hit, she just she just moves up. So I'll just like I don't know dive kick like use shadows dive kick to just keep her up there. Yeah, she she falls really slowly unless when playing as her you hit the jump button again to make her fall at a normal speed, and the CPUs never fall at a like normal speed. They always fall very slowly. Except when they spawn in, usually Rouge will try and, like, drop down when she spawns. Oh, yeah. Even then, she she still takes her sweet-ass time. That's true. <laughs> and, like, I'll just heal. I, I'll you like... And so he was talking about how Cream was his favorite. Cream is, like, almost broken, at least in first player, because she has the fastest heal for both elements. Yes. It's like, I I can easily get a charge of my, my full thing and just attack someone, bam. You can just, like, super camp in the top left corner all night with Cream Rabbit. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be all night. Just half of the night, and then bam, you're healed. Yeah, once I got, like, that heal custom thing, I was like, I'm gonna equip this, because this is just too good It's like to six stars, up. isn't it? It's five. It's not, it's not six. Oh, I think... Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of the ultimate one. There's one that's even faster than Cream's, but that's yeah. for, like, single player only, pretty much. Anyway, um... St since Steven asked, my favorite Amy, no surprise. Like, at first I was kind of like, eh, but, you know, I do like swinging the hammer around, and I, her, her, uh, her specials are fun. Yeah, her shot, because the, pro the problem with most air shots is that it's like, it doesn't, you don't really know if it's going to hit them at all. Oh, yeah, like, they're the easiest thing to whiff in the whole game. Yeah, but hers always goes straight down, so I always feel comfortable using it. And plus, hammer spin is fun. Um, what, what's their other one? I mean, the, the, most of the bombs are always fun. It's Shadows and Rouges are the weirder one. Yeah, Shadows is super weird. Rouges are just, like, hilarious to watch because they're just, like, bat pets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I always like how Rouge just has an aesthetic after herself, like the her cart in Sonic Bench 2 Battle. She yeah. knows what she likes, and that's herself. <laughs> and shiny things. So does Amy, if, if you've ever seen her stage. <laughs> but, Jesus. shoot, I was getting somewhere with this. Oh, you'll see, so, so Rouge is like hovers over the enemy, and I think you have to detonate it manually or they jump into it. Shadows, I think, just follows him. Yeah, Shadows follows like him, whereas a lot of characters, if they have a moving one, it'll like either just move in a straight line or it will follow, it'll home in like Tails does. I don't really understand most of the intricacies difference. I, uh, Tails also has a homing one, but it's a ground like choo choo, which is that's a really cool little cameo there. Yeah. And Knuckles has one that's like it's hidden in the ground because most bombs you just see them in the ground, but Knuckles is hidden. It's also just fun to spam them. Like Knuckles is really easy to spam. Yeah. Well, you can only have one bomb active at a time, but when right. you place the second bomb, the first one just blows up. Yeah. So you can you can get somebody with two bombs in a row if you're very smart. Mm -hmm. My favorite character, I think, is actually Sonic. Interesting. Like not not animation wise, but in gameplay, I think Sonic's special moves flow together in such a way that like oh, yeah. doing combos with him is very fun, and all of his special moves have like movement utility. That's like, true. His ground shot puts him in the air for a second, and if your opponent blocks the shot you can immediately activate your, like, air power move, and it yeah. will bounce you, and you can either choose to bounce towards your opponent and try and, like, follow up and just keep hitting them over and over again, or you can bounce, like, away from them and escape to a different place because his bounce is high enough that you can get on ledges. And then, in addition to that, his, like, air bounce can be used to follow up his, like, you know, follow-up smash attack after you hit someone into the air. Or it can just be used to, like, jump off of ledges, bounce onto an enemy, and then jump back onto the ledge so you're at a safer position. And then his power move on the ground is this ring that he throws. And then whenever you hit the power button again, he'll, like, spin towards the ring. But, like, the ring just sits there. So you can run around it, and you can even get really far away from it. And if you just remember where it is, you have this, like, super fast dash attack that you can use anywhere on the screen. And then yeah. his his mine is like the simplest one out of everyone's. He just like puts it down. But it's really fun to like pop the enemy into the air, bounce on them, and then slam your mine into them, like just dunk the mine on them. Yeah. So I think that because of like Sonic's flow between his moves, he's like one of the funner characters to just like switch back and forth between whatever like moveset you're using. Yeah. It it makes total sense that Sonic would be the character with the most mobility. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like that just that just logically flows. But but what's interesting is that Sonic is probably going to be the character players will play as first. And so Sonic is very good at orienting the player to the way Sonic Battle plays because yeah. it's it's not a game about mobility. It's a game about combat in which mobility is helpful. And to help you understand that, here's a character that makes it more about mobility. Yeah. Well, and, like, I think that Sonic is also, it's very immediate what attacks he has that are abusable. Yeah. Whereas with some later characters, I think it's a little more complex to figure out. But I also just, I like the way Sonic plays. I definitely like how you get a lot of Sonic attacks early on, and those are simple to understand. Yeah. And I guess this will kind of flow into the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is this game's most interesting mechanic by far, to me anyway, is that during the single-player mode, Every time you have a fight that involves 
sort of this game's main character, which is Emerald, you'll get a card for each character that you were fighting. And it's just a different attack that they have, like a different animation, basically. And then you can go into a menu during the single-player mode where you can equip any of these cards, so you can basically build a character from the ground up out of any moves that other characters have. Yeah. So you can have, like, Sonic's first attack, Tails' second attack, Knuckles' third attack, and then Gamma's finisher. And it's just, like, a unique string of moves for your, for your Emerald. Yeah. But everything comes at a price. <laughs> Explain the price. Okay, so in the story mode, whenever Emerald, I think it's every time Emerald's involved in battle, you don't necessarily have to play as him. Yeah. You get a at least one point, but you get two points for not losing a life and five points for not taking any damage, and then ten points when you receive a Chaos Emerald in the story mode, which you can exploit and you can just replay a story mode and get the emerald to get more points so it's yeah not too difficult but it is a little grindy and that might be off-putting especially early in the game because emerald just doesn't have that much access to moves that early on and it can be a little frustrating so so the reason points are important is one point does not equal one move each move has a star rating and in order to equip a move, it costs five points per star, and most moves are going to run in the three-star range, so you need 15 points in order to equip a move. So, at the start of the game, when you have no points, that is roughly... I think you start with, like, 20. Do you start with 20? I, I don't remember, because... Yeah, you start with a point total. I forget what it is, but it's not it's just It's probably zero. 20. And you always have a default of like a zero emerald moves and like yeah, you have you have default moves that don't really do a lot of damage and take a lot of time to do. Your default moves are basically just Sonic's move set, but slower and worse in every capacity. Yeah, and his like special moves are like I, I like how Steven described this yesterday. Just hit boxes, like he'll <laughs> yeah. just be in like a spin ball mode for his other two, and then his. For like the sh the the pow and the shot, but then like, and he doesn't have a projectile either. And then yeah, the, there's no the, projectile. The trap is just him like looking like he's throwing a bomb, which has a hitbox, but it's like really hard to tell. I barely equip that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's effectively useless. And so, you what'll happen is you'll get a card and it'll be four stars, and you'll be like, oh man, I would really love that move because I don't have any moves. And then you're like, oh, that costs twenty points, so I just need to yeah. fight twenty battles. Special moves are a little harder to come by compared to, like, uh... Oh, yeah, they're much harder to come by. Regular attacks or, yeah, regular attacks yeah. or just, like, mobility or just non-offensive thing. And that's and that's the thing is, uh, at the end of a battle, you don't get a specific card, you get a random card that belongs to the player you were fighting. So yeah. you could get their first punch, you could get their second, their third, you could get a special. Yeah, or you could get them blocking. Yeah, or you could get them blocking, or you could get them running or jumping. Because everything is a card. Everything you do in this game is a card that you can equip. Yeah. And that is definitely a, that is a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. And that also means that you can get duplicates. You also get, like... You can get like other characters' poses and it'll like slightly alter Emerald's color, but those are also like 
a price. Like, Gamma's is five stars. I don't know if that's what gives you the explosion when you hey, die. I believe it does. Because, okay. Because that's the thing about Gamma. He will just explode when you defeat him. Yeah. And it does a lot of damage. He does give you an audible warning, but there are times where that doesn't happen. We'll probably talk about that later or something. Yeah, more in the story mode segment, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the, like, everything that you can do in this game gets a card. And some of the things that you get, like Charlie said, are cosmetic. So the, basically, if you get a pose card, what that does is whenever you're just standing still, your idle animation will match the character whose pose you have. But in addition to that, I believe they change his eye color. Yeah. Okay. And then there are also cards that drop sometimes where a special animation will play. It'll say rare, and then the background will be a different color. Because usually it has this like dull green, like sci-fi computer style color. But when you get a rare card, it's this really vibrant, bright blue, like... I, I feel like it's supposed to look like Sonic's colors. Yeah. Or, or even maybe like the Sega colors. But the background will be that bright color, and you'll get... Usually it's a color card, and those are always one star, but they change like a certain part of Emerald's like body. So I believe the color three is for your, like your hands and a certain part of your chest. So like if you get the shadow color three, your hands will be red. Or if you get like the gamma color three, your hands will be black. And then color two, I believe, is your is your like head. So like the the head itself, and I think the little thing inside of the horn, but not the horn will change colors. And then you yeah. can get like pink for Amy or blue for Sonic, stuff like that. And then the second color is like your joints and other like little miscellaneous bits like the horn. Yeah. The horn is pretty prominent though. So like it's yeah. it's very much like here are colors one and two are the two colors that are most prominent. And then color three is here's my hands. Well, yeah, but, like, the hands are really important because a lot of this game is punching. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, don't get me wrong. The hands are huge and the hands are important. But they're also, like, your default color will go with everything because his hands start out gray. Yeah, that's for sure. So it, it might it might be a little boring, but there's no clashing. Like, uh, I got uh, Chaos's color. I got Chaos color one uh, in a, at a rare drop. And I was like, oh, let me equip that. And then that, like sort of light blue that like teal-ish along with emerald's default yellow for the rest of his color scheme i was like this is the worst like this this looks very very bad it is fun though because like you know that the chances of anyone else having that same color at that point in the story is very rare so it's kind of like you're emerald now yeah <laughs> and that's like the thing that gets me about the cosmetic stuff is that it costs points to equip and I personally feel that for cosmetic stuff, it shouldn't. You should just be able to toggle it on or off, without yeah. having to. This is a huge debate amongst Isaiah and myself, and I yeah. guess Charlie doesn't really care. <laughs> well, okay. When here's an example that I think of. I think of like when you add like a sound effect badge or a color swap badge in Paper Mario. It doesn't cost anything. You can just yeah, it's a it. zero. Yeah. yeah. But, like, Gamma, yeah, if he explodes, if that's a part of his, like, fighting pose, then, yeah, make that cost money. But if, like, I want to make him do a cool, like, shadow pose, clutching his fists and whatever, that would be great. But I don't want to spend 15 points with him. Yeah. I think that those actually do also adjust your stats slightly. That could I'm, not sure. I'm not sure, but I, I think they do. It's really hard to tell. 
well, yeah, there's a lot of complexity here. Stats in this game are very unclear. Like, the game, the game highly encourages, like, just exploring and, like, experimenting, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And so, to a certain extent, I think a lot of the ambiguity works in its favor because it just further encourages that. Uh, yeah. But I, I do wish we had a bit more concrete information. Yeah, there's, that's one of the really specific problems. So you can't see your enemy's health bar in this game under any circumstances. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, I hate this in most games, but I think this is one game where seeing like actual damage numbers would be nice. Yeah, or maybe seeing your enemy's health bars, because I think there is space for it on the screen. I... I mean, if anything, just have, like, a little bar hovering over them. Yeah, I think I like that more. I, yeah. Seeing the level is so important that any amount of screen economy being taken up, I feel like is... That's true. Very troublesome. That's true. Yeah, well, actually, you know what? Because there's a lot of times where uh, enemies, enemies can heal off-screen, and if they're too far off-screen, you actually won't be able to hear that they're healing. So I yeah. think I think to a certain extent there's like that information is deliberately obscured from you. And so I think the health bar shouldn't be on there at all times. So I do think having it like above their heads would be would make the most sense. Well or I think they could also do they could just leave it obscure. I don't think it's that much of a problem when you're just fighting them, but I do think that maybe if we had in the customization menu like more details. Basically in the customization menu when you see a card It'll tell you two different stats for the card, which are power and speed, and yeah. that means different things for certain categories. Like for healing, I believe power is how much health you get back, and then speed is how much super meter you get back. Which yeah. is really weird how that maps. It should be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, kinda. Or or maybe they could just rename the things when it's contextually appropriate, but they didn't do yeah. that, so. But yeah, you'll see those two things. And then also, like, the star category is a kind of a hint as to how good a move actually is. Because for the... Like, I think the biggest example you'll notice really quick is that Sonic's heavy attack, like his finisher, is a... I think it's just 3 and 3, like 3 power, 3 speed. Yeah. But Tails is a 3 power and 2 speed, but it's a 4 star move. And that's because it has a much bigger hitbox and it lasts way longer and it has multiple hits. Yeah. And those are things that they just, they don't explain super well, but I think that's kind of on purpose because you're supposed right. to experiment. Yeah. And when you get a card with like a high star cost, it's supposed to be enticing to like figure out what that does. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also stuff like when there are projectiles, it doesn't show the projectiles. It just shows the animation of you creating them. And so I really don't know what that move does like at all until I equip it. Oh, yeah, but yeah. I feel like for those you'll see people using them and that's why it's nice that this game forces you to play as a bunch of different characters because you'll find out whose moves like what kind of moves you like the best like i really like tails air attack and his slam attack yeah so i always put those on pretty quick because it, it's really exploitable and then in addition to that if i get one of sonic specials i always grab that really quick yeah and i think that like i think that highlights another thing which is we said that there are a bunch of like different cards specifically there are 27 different categories for cards to be placed and I believe 20 of those are actually moves like different things that you do by a button press and not just aesthetic things or yeah. stat adjusting things because there are sort of like just equipment based things called spirits I think and what those do is those just directly affect your stats like 
they're one of the rare card drops you can get. And I got one of Tails early on, which just buffed my defense. So my Emerald is just tougher than everyone else's. <laughs> yeah, I never got one of those. And the game is much harder without them because they, they seem to just be objective upgrades. I mean, all cards are objective upgrades from your default ones. Yeah. Well, except for Chaos's Dash. Okay. I, I mean, that's a really specific thing that I remember, but... <laughs> Chaos's Dash just turns you into, like, a rolling hurt box. Ooh. <laughs> it's very slow. Oh, never mind. It's not good. That sucks. I don't know what... Like, it's not... It's okay for moving around, because I think you're invincible for, like, the beginning of it, but, like, it just makes you a sitting duck. It's terrible. Yeah. But yeah, there's a ton of different styles of attacks that you can adjust for and a lot of them have these different properties that you'll learn as you go on and in addition to each character having like one of every kind of thing so like there's 27 different like cards basically for each character in addition to that there are 27 ultimate cards and those are another thing that you can get as a rare drop but I don't think they I think they're even rarer than most of the rare drops quote unquote there might even be, I don't remember for sure, but there might even be, like, a super rare animation. It's been so long since I played this game. <laughs> yeah. But you can get, like, ultimate abilities, which usually function as, like, a certain character's attack, but it's boosted somehow. Yeah. So, like, the, like, the ultimate punch is just Sonic's punch, but it's even faster and does even more damage. Stuff like that. Yeah. I got, I got and... an ultimate special move. And I was like, oh, well, I'm I'm equipping this, and I'm going to use it every time. Uh, and it's Sonic drops a bomb, but now it's two bombs. <laughs> so it's just... I'm like, wow, that's six stars, huh? So this is a move that Emerald can use, but not Sonic, is that right? Uh, yes, yeah, it's, the ultimate moves are exclusive to Emerald, except that you can be Super Sonic in this game, I think. Oh, okay. Mm. But only for the final boss fight. I'm not quite there yet. I'm getting very close, but the 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 boss before that is already kind of. Yeah, I think he can be supersonic. I might be making that up. But yeah, these uh, ultimate moves are exclusive to Emerald, so you'll be finding them occasionally, and they are enticing. But like I said, some of them feel like not worth the six star cost right away, just because having two mediocre moves is better than having one single good move sometimes. Yeah. But I do want to talk about how I wish this game, like, I almost wish it had roguelike elements or something, like, you could do a run. Yeah. Because I think one of the funnest parts of the beginning of this game, for someone who likes to, like, play fighting games and find out exploits and stuff like that, is that when you get your first card, like, your first good card, usually, you'll develop a strategy based around that. So if you get, like, a special move, suddenly your entire strategy is built around finding the way to abuse that special move. But, like, for my run, this instance, I got a Tails Heal card early on, and Tails Heal is good because it gives you a lot of super back. So my entire strategy for the beginning of this run was to like camp in the corner and find ways to keep my opponents from like getting to me while I charged up super moves, and then figuring out the very specific hitbox with like Emerald's bad supers that become like usable when they're instant kill moves. So like my whole thing was getting my super meter full and then getting right up next to the opponent and hitting one of my specials, because even though it just turns you into a ball, that ball is incredibly dangerous when it's a one-hit KO. Yeah. But I also had a run earlier on when I was playing, like, before this, uh, like, the podcast playthrough, that I got a Gamma, like, 
third hit move, and that one's really good because typically Gamma's drawback is that he's got like a ton of power, but he's really slow. But if you have two normal punches that come out really quick, they combo instantly into his third attack, which is just this taser arm that he sticks out, and it yeah. hits you like eight times. <laughs> so in two combos, you can kill an opponent, and it's like really fun to sort of like break down how a fighting game actually works and figure out how to make like a character who typically is bad even though they have one really good element and turn them into an insanely dangerous character yeah yeah i think i would be really interested in like a mod of this game where you go through a quote-unquote run and you get new cards very quickly um yeah. But they are totally randomized and you had a finite number of cards that you could get and at the end you you had to face off against somebody else who had done the same thing yeah well, or like even just like a system where it wasn't like experience based but it was more like a trading card game yeah where getting cards is harder but like you can equip them as soon as you get them like yeah. something like that might be interesting yeah i definitely think the the thing that burdens this game the most for me personally is how slowly getting points is yeah well and like i wanted to mention like we were talking we've been talking about this off mic for a while just yeah. to figure out exactly how i want to talk about it but like i personally think that the experience system as it is is fine i think that the issue is that fights take way too long in this game because yeah. it'll yeah. typically take you about a minute to knock someone out like right. even faster on average if you're if you've got like a good emerald build but at the beginning of the game it takes a while so the, the thing is with the the battles is that they'll usually be like get five points or ko five times but then like it'll just go immediately into oh okay now do is 10 times and then it just that's what really like pads out the length of the game yeah yeah and your training fights, basically this game lets you grind if you want to. You can do a training fight pretty much whenever in most stories. Yeah. But those fights are always, like, get 10 KOs, and frequently it's against two people. And that's just ridiculous. Like, it takes so long as your base emerald that those just aren't worth doing unless you, like, really want to stop the pace of the right. story for some reason. Yeah, and and especially, especially because... You start out the game as base emerald with no abilities. It really trains you that you don't want to do optional fights. Because yeah. you yeah. have to play as your garbage emerald during that training. And you have to play as emerald during all of that training stuff. So you can't you can't grind for points as somebody else. Even though you can get points when playing as somebody else in the story. Uh, you can't mm -hmm. grind as somebody else. Yeah. yeah, you're never really encouraged at all to do the, like training fights even though they should be a good idea they're just implemented in the poorest possible way which yeah. is they're the longest fights and you have the biggest disadvantage yeah it's, it's a fairly steep curve and not all grind fights are created equal because sometimes they'll just get like sometimes it'll be a 10 round match against a player character but other times it'll just maybe be like a maybe a five point match against a a nondescript NPC uh, fodder, but I don't want to talk about those yet. Well, yeah. what's interesting is if you fight the nondescript NPC fodder, you can't get a card out of it. You can only get points. Yeah. Yeah, it's really not encouraging. Yeah. But I do think that that's, like, the, the biggest issue, though, because if fights only took, like, one or two minutes, 
then that would be five minutes on average to a new card that you can or a new star that you can equip. I guess. Yeah. Like typically, you'll be like changing out a three-star card for a four-star card as you get more and more cards. Yeah. But I do think that that would be fine, like pacing-wise. It only feels so sloggy because fights take so long, and also yeah. the longer a fight takes, the more chances you have both to get hit and lose your like five-point bonus. And then to actually just get hit by an enemy super, and then lose your two-point bonus. Yeah. So, like, typically it feels like in this game you can only ever get one point if you're playing as Emerald. But in actuality, it'd be pretty easy to get at least two points every fight if the fights didn't take so freaking long. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And it's, it's interesting because I am not nearly as bothered by the, like, card randomization that nets me the same six cards all the time like i have so many so many duplicates of the same common cards and i'm like i'm cool with that because i know that's just the random system and i get cards often like exactly often enough that i'm okay with that you know like i like that system but it's yeah. just points are so slow that i it's very frustrating especially at the beginning the beginning is the worst part about it because once, yeah, sure. once you're later in the game, you're like, oh, I have a lot of options. If I really want this specific card, then let me, like, unequip some of the, some of the like, auxiliary cards that I have. I'll, like, downgrade them, because they're not as important as this one. But at the beginning, it's like, I really want to be able to land my first punch. <laughs> yeah, getting a good, like beginning of the combo punch and getting well they start you with sonic's heavy attack which i think is a really smart design choice because oh, yeah. the heavy attack is one of the most important things you can do because it just gets somebody off of you yeah and especially because you can do it anytime yeah it becomes like a really pivotal thing but like i i don't know i just wish either they had chosen to make fights shorter or they doubled all of the point payouts mm -hmm. because either one of those things would make it better and honestly if they just doubled the point payouts, then I think the length of the fight would, like, almost justify it. Yeah. Because if you could get 10 points from one fight that you play perfectly, that would be incredibly encouraging to, like, actually get good at the game. Yeah. And I do like the reward system for playing well. Yeah. It's... I, I don't know. Like, not getting hit is something that you can do if you've really figured out how to cheese the environment. Uh, but it's hard to do consistently. Which, you know, maybe is the point. Yeah, I definitely think that's the point. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, like, think about it this way. Once your emerald becomes really broken, because this is, and I say it pretty much every episode, but, like, emerald is the definition of exploitability by design. Yeah. Because once you get, like, oh, sonic speed with, like, gamma's attack power, you can, like, dash in, mess somebody up, and then just be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It takes a while to get there, though. Yeah, but if you get, like cream's charge with sonic's run and like someone else's jump height i'm not sure who has the best jump height but like you can just dart to the corner charge super fast dart to the other corner charge super fast the only limit is the rng that is true <laughs> uh yeah. so so i would like to say uh i've been thinking about this for the last like 20 minutes or however long it's been uh which is you steven said that my like color combination, my like ugly chaos color and then default color and then default color, right? That is Yeah. I'm I was the only player who probably had that color combination at that point in the game. So it became my emerald, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> that that sort of concept almost to me like it it doesn't to me, but it almost justifies the fact that colors cost points to equip because yeah. because what happens then is not just that you're equipping uh, colors that make for a unique emerald, it's that you're then playing against other people with that emerald, which yeah. I assume you can yeah. do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can play against a lot of people with your emerald. Yeah, and so then you're like, check out my like weird, gross-colored emerald against your normal looking good colored emerald like mine is so much better the emerald you know? is a really cool like custom i like it when sonic games just customize it's like a chow but not and I'm not, this might be a weird comparison and i don't know i'm not an expert on this definitely not but it kind of reminds me how like you can make i don't know a custom wrestler with different moves in like a wwe game I think yeah, yeah, for it's sure. really cool that you can take that and then pit it against someone else's custom. Well, it's it's especially interesting to me that it feels like the entire campaign... I mean, literally the entire campaign is based on this character, but like all of the systems are built around the concept of a custom character. It's not like, here's a fighting game where there is a custom character component. It's like the focus really is on that character. Yeah. Well, and I do think that this is, like, the the best way to do a create a character, quote-unquote, which I will kind of figure this out later on in the show, because it's a while before we get to another game with a Sonic create a character. <laughs> <laughs> but I hate most, like, character creator systems in mm -hmm. games that aren't, like, MMOs. Like, I think that, for me, in fighting games, it's just a colossal waste of time. Yeah. Because the way I see it, like... I, I want to play as a character that was developed, like, with the game in mind and all of that, and, like, with artist direction, because that, to me, is more interesting than making my own character. Yeah. But Emerald, I feel, is, like... First of all, he's baked into the game's narrative, which is nice, and we'll get more into that later. But he feels like he's already a robot, so it makes sense that he has interchangeable parts. Yeah. And then, like, in addition to that, they so lovingly crafted every single frame of animation to make it look like Emble's moves are his own. Yeah. That it's just encouraging to try every single move out. Well, and also, like, it's literally deck building. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. I think describing it as cards helps it a lot. Because I think narratively it might make sense if it was maybe chips or something like that, but I think cards really makes the most sense because you get them randomly and you're basically just building a deck that is your character yeah well they're also kind of designed like chips so it kind of works both ways and yeah yeah it's, it's cool this this game i hope i'm not straying too far when i talk about this but this game like really besides like the story it it definitely like relies a lot on like playing this with other people like not only can you fight people like you know smash bros or whatever it's like oh, you can do mini-games, or you can trade cards. There's, there's a lot of things you can do with this game if you have friends, and I don't I don't know if it requires the other person to have Sonic Battle in their uh, I'm, I'm sure system. it does. I don't think the mini-games necessarily do, yeah. but, uh, like, obviously trading cards would require it. <laughs> well, right, but, like, if you want to do, like, a battle, would it require them to have it? Yeah, that I'm not sure. Because your only limit is to, you wouldn't get to play as Emerald, probably, or at least a good one. Yeah, you probably have default emerald, which would be hilarious to have just, like, two default emerald fights. <laughs> I, I would like to say, I mean, you can trade cards with other players, which is very cool. I do wish there was something else you could do with duplicate cards. Yeah, like a trade-in system? Yeah, because there are common cards that everybody will have, like, ten of by the time you're at the end of the game. 
Easy. Yeah, I mean, if you play the first level again, or the first story again, which I think, like, I will do a lot because I just want that 10 points that you get from beating Knuckles at the end. Yeah. You will always get a Sonic upper and a Sonic breakdance <laughs> spin, whatever that move is called. And you'll yeah. just get more and more of those every time. And you can get those as regular drops, which is ridiculous to me. That is absolutely ridiculous. Because they're they're fixed drops at this point. They should not they should be out of the pool entirely. Yeah, because there's no reason to get duplicates because no one will ever want to trade you for a Sonic updraft. Yeah. At the at the very least there should be something like the more the more instances of one card you have, the less likely you are to get it again, or something like that. Yeah, or like if you have five of a card, it drops down in a star cost, that would be neat. Oh, that would be very cool. But yeah, I think there are definitely ways this game could improve, but like where it its strengths are, it just excels far beyond anything else I've ever played. Because yeah. I've played, there are other fighting games that have systems like these where you can create a character by just building it out of other parts. Like specifically, there's a game... I mean, there's a franchise called Guilty Gear. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it, but if you're not, it's a 2D fighting game that, uh, it's, like, a little older. It's from, like, the PS2, PS1 era. There was recently a, a newer version of it. But there's a side game to Guilty Gear called Guilty Gear Isuka, and part of that game is just, like, a 2D fighter the same way any of the rest of the games are. But another part is a sort of beat-em-up campaign where you play as a robotic version of another character who can equip different moves... And then, like, you can basically just equip a ton of different other character moves and build your own guy that you can just run through and, like, plow through the enemies. But it still doesn't function as well as this game does, for reasons that I'm not, like, quite <laughs> able to express. But I definitely think that, like, the card component is a part of it. Because the cards show you, like, what you're doing, and they give you, like, just enough information that you're encouraged to use them. Whereas in that game, it's mostly just this kind of complex menu that, like, you sort through move names and just attach them, and it doesn't really, like, feel, like, engaging or, like, like uh, I guess tangible in the way that this game does. Yeah. Well, and I think giving them to you one at a time helps, like, make the complexity more approachable. Because oh, you start sure. with exactly zero options, and then you get two objective improvements to your current options, right? And then each new card you get, like, you go, oh, what's up with this? Like, what's this card's deal? And then you equip it, and you're like, this is how this move works. I understand it because it's the only move that I have right now. Or it's it's the newest move that I have, so it's what I'm trying out and stuff like that. So it, it slowly teaches you mastery over the systems. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that other character creators don't because it's just you have access to everything or you have access to stuff that's limited arbitrarily until you complete something you know yeah, certain tasks that are just basically random yeah. yeah yeah the the last thing that i want to talk about and actually i think maybe there's one more thing besides that which is i want to just have a brief argument with isaiah about <laughs> <laughs> something costing something costing an in-game thing to, like, change a cosmetic thing. Yeah. But before that, I just want to talk about Emerald's design, because he's... I have three favorite characters from Sonic the Hedgehog, and Emerald's one of them. What are your other like, if I had to, if I had to make a Sonic Heroes team... <laughs> oh, wait, we should save that for the Sonic Heroes episode. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I, the one thing I definitely want to ask all you guys is, like, what would your dream team be for Sonic well, Heroes? Now, now I gotta think about that. Wait, hold on a second. Sonic Heroes? Yeah, like, I'm saying, like, we'll save, because I said I have three favorite Sonic characters, and in my head, they are, like, 
my Sonic Heroes Dream Team, but we're gonna get to that when we play Sonic Heroes, and not right now in Sonic Battle. But yeah, I like Emerald a lot, so... Okay. <laughs> Emerald, to me, looks like the perfect combination of what a, like, robotic sort of main character is in the Sonic franchise, and what a organic main character is in the Sonic franchise. Because he has this... Let's start with the head, because I feel like the head is a main component of, yeah. like, a lot of the way Sonic characters look. All of the organic Sonic characters have these really big heads and these huge expressive eyes. And then they usually have something that, like, sort of makes the shape of their head different. Like, uh, Sonic has his spines, and Tails has these big ears, and, like, Knuckles has his dreadlocks, right? Yeah. Emerald has a big head, like most of the organic Sonic characters, but he doesn't have anything on the back of it to give it a unique shape, so it's just a sphere. And that starts, like, starting there, that makes him seem like a robot. But mm -hmm. he has this big horn on the front, which is still a defining characteristic of his head shape that isn't on other robotic characters like Gamma or Egg Robo thus far. Yeah. And then he also has very small eyes, like, as opposed to most Sonic characters, and the eyes aren't connected. They're, they're just these two, like, sort of, like, circle plates that have, like, a distinct color to them. And that, again, makes him seem more, like, lifeless and robotic. Yeah. And then we get to, like, I think the next main huge thing that you notice about a Sonic character is their hands, because everyone has these, like, big gloves on usually. Some characters differentiate from that. But most of them have, like, big white gloves, and some of them have unique hand sort of designs like Knuckles. Yeah. And Emerald has these big hands, just like any normal organic Sonic character would, but his are obviously designed slightly differently to look more, like, mechanical. But in addition to that, he doesn't have the small, sort of, like, thin arms all the way up to his body. He has these huge, sort of, like, cylinders on his wrists that go further back than most characters' hands do. They're, like, as big as his hands, too. Yeah, they're, like, just these huge, like, like bricks on his arms, basically, but they're, like, circular and cylindrical. And I like that a lot because it makes him seem like his punches have more weight behind them than, like, a normal character would. Yeah, like, his hands are heavy. They're designed for fighting. And the same thing goes for his feet. He has these, like, big Sonic shoes like everyone else does, but his are obviously just, like, sort of like a flat mechanical tone. But he also has, like, these colossal shin guards that, like, climb all the way up to where his knee would be. And that makes it seem like his kicks also have more impact on them. Yeah. But connecting these two, like, components to his body are super thin, like, straight lines. Whereas, like, most... Organic Sonic characters have, uh, you know, curved limbs, kind of. Yeah. He, he has these sort of, like, straight tubes that connect to little, like, ball joints. So it makes it seem like there are a lot more of these sort of right angles going on in his character design. Which, again, makes him feel, like, half robotic, half organic. Yeah. And then his body is just, like, sort of, like, another sphere in the center that has these little, like, like uh, nodes on it. And it just sort of looks like this neat little mechanical design. And it's, it's the body proportions of a uh, human-ish character. Organic is the word I Organic, yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I blanked the word and then froze for 20 seconds. He has the body proportions of an organic character, but visually he's very, very clearly a robot. Yeah. And I also like his color scheme because it's a color scheme that could just be the way he was built because it seems like... It, it, uh, like, fits together. But it could also be that he's faded because of, like, how ancient he is. Yeah, like, he's very rusted. Yeah, and it also feels like a color scheme that would be fine on a robot or on an organic character. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, I love his color scheme for that reason. And it's also a color scheme that even though it's pleasing to look at, you feel good for having changed it. Yes. Unless you've changed one part of it and now the colors clash horrendously. <laughs> <laughs> Which has been my experience. But yeah, speaking of color changing, that is the one less thing that I wanted to like argue with Isaiah for a minute on. Yeah. Is that I personally love when a game, first of all, it gives you the chance to change aesthetics. I think that some people don't really care as much about it. But oh, for yeah. me, like picking a different costume or even just changing a palette is like really huge. Mm -hmm. And I don't mind when that comes at a mechanical cost, because I will specifically play characters in a fighting game that are like worse than sort of like their, you know, clone counterpart, yeah. if I just like their looks better. Yeah. And I think that that is a design choice and, like, a player choice that's super important to some people because I feel, like, better for being able to choose that because it means, like, I'm challenging myself for the reward of looking different as yeah. opposed to just randomly picking my outfit. So so here's, a, here's the circumstance in which I think the colors and poses costing something is... Uh, justifiable to me is it's basically you're spending your currency in order to flex on other people. I'm, I'm spending five points to make my character kinda ugly because I have this card and you don't. TF2 dot JPEG. <laughs> yeah, so it's <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so it's like it's, it's a social aspect. It's like, not only do I look different than you, I look different than you in a way that you don't have the opportunity to, and, like, I'm so eager to show this off that I will literally put myself at, at a disadvantage, and I don't even care. Like, that's, that's how cool I am, right? Yeah. Like, it's sort of about that social interaction. In addition to that, I think specifically for this game, there is a even... Like, an even better than that reward, mm -hmm. which is that I consider one of the rewards in this game just seeing more animations out of Emerald for, like, each new thing that you equip. Oh, yeah. That's actually, I think that's another important thing that we need to mention about the card system, is that cards show characters doing things on them. So if you're getting Sonic's punch, you'll see Sonic doing the punch. But in the game, Emerald's punch will look slightly different because it's his body doing it. Yeah. So, like, for example, if a, if a character like, let's say, Gamma has an ability that, like, changes the shape of one of his limbs. When it changes back, it'll just look like Gamma's limb, right? But for Emerald, he has a bigger fist than Gamma, so it looks completely different when his arm transforms into, like, the electricity prongs that Gamma has or stuff like that. Yeah. And when Emerald does, like, the mode change things that Gamma does, they just look completely different because Gamma has a propeller in his chest and Emerald doesn't. So, like, when Emerald does Gamma's, like, hovering thing, he just spins his armors around in a circle. Yeah. And now, when you equip different colors, each of those animations has a new layer, because you can take, like, Tails' boxing glove, which for Emerald normally just looks brown and tan like he does, but you can give Emerald, like, a white boxing glove with, like, a red spring on it. Yeah. Or you can give Emerald, like, a red boxing glove, and he can just look like a boxer. Or you can make Emerald, like, look like a character from a different game that's not even playable. And yeah. then give him, like, a skill set that would match that character, if you want to do that. You need the cards, though, which has been a bit of a limiting factor. But it also makes the cosmetic stuff feel more valuable. So I have, a, I have an Amy idol, and I'm like, I can't wait to have 15 points to spend for this, because I want to see Emerald, like... Just kind of like, 
it's not quite a dance, right? But it's just kind of like swinging, swinging his arms a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, back and forth. And like shifting his weight, you know? Yeah. I, I want to see that on Emerald, you know? Right, because it, it looks super fun to see this robot, like, be, or like, act in an organic way. Yeah. And it's also incredible to me how many animations there are of Emerald. Yeah, every single thing that a character does, Emerald also does. So for each sprite sheet that you can see for a character, which sprite sheets are already incredible to look at for this game. Yeah. Now just, like, all of those have Emerald sprites. Yeah. And then, and then of course, you have the color changes, which, right. honestly, I, like, this is, this is a, a big nitpick, but I wish like changing emerald's color would show up in like story cutscenes and in the character customization menu yeah, yeah because it would be hilarious to see like butt ugly gross emerald talking to sonic and sonic just not even acknowledging that he's got like a bright blue horn and absolutely just like, <laughs> just, like disgusting tan and also i i would like to see how terrible it's going to look before i commit to a battle like, because I was like, oh, I wonder what this will look like. I, I don't even get to see what the color is. Like, all I know is that it's Chaos's color, so it'll be probably bluish, right? And then I go into battle, and I go, oh, oh, no. <laughs> and by then, it's too late. What Isaiah was just describing reminds me of that, like, one of those memes where it's like, when your uh, customizable character appears in a cutscene. <laughs> yeah, just a stark contrast. That's that's what I want. I want gross chaos, Emerald, like talking to Sonic and Knuckles, and nobody talking about how gross Emerald looks all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, also, like it's implied that Sonic is kind of doing that to him. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel yeah. like the implication. I mean, later on, obviously, like Emerald's doing it himself. Yeah. In the canon, kind of, because Sonic's not always there. But initially, Sonic is like, oh, you can change stuff? So I just like the idea of him, like, clowning around inside of Emerald's databank and just, like, making him, like, white and red and then, like, green <laughs> hands. Yeah. Also, it should be noted that, like, you would think, like, oh, Shadow is black, so a lot of his colors are going to be black. But his third color that changes your hands doesn't make Emerald's hands the color of Shadow's hands. It just makes Emerald's hands a color that is on Shadow, which in this case is red. Yeah. So each one of the color combinations, or each one of, like, the colors is different for each character. So you're not going to get, like, oh, I got, you know, Sonic's hands and Shadow's hands and they're the same color because their hands both look the same. Yeah. Like, a lot of it, obviously, is going to be, like, shades of blue and a lot of shades of red. But, like, they'll be different shades. I'd be interested to see, once I have more color cards, to sort of see what color combinations I can come up with. Because, obviously, right now... All I have is chaos. Yeah, I'd love to be able to make, like, a green character. Yeah. Because there isn't one in this game, but we have had them so far, and they're really neat to look at in the sort of, like, Sonic art style. Yeah. I think that's everything, though, for okay. this episode. Yeah, and and there's a lot that we'll go into in the next episode. It's really interesting to me, though, that a Game Boy Advance game is a two-parter, because there's a lot of game to this game. Yeah. I, I had to convince these two that this was worth having two episodes but for. But I, I think especially because this game is very long. Like, Charlie was talking about how he's played this game for how many hours was it? Oh yeah, I played it for like 14 hours. Yeah, like it's... <laughs> it, there's a lot in the game. And part of it is padding, yeah. but part of it is that there's a lot of content. There's also, I don't know if you guys know this or not, I've obviously I've played this game before, but there is post-game content. 
Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, like, I think it has a situation kind of like in a lot of the Zeldas or stuff like that, where yeah. when you get to the end, there's not necessarily a new game plus, but, like, if you don't beat the final boss, there's stuff you can do before that that you can't do at any other point in the game. Yeah. And one of those things is, if you go to Tails' lab after a certain point in the game during the final story, you can do, like, ultimate training, which is you just fight, like, obscenely powerful computers in a sort of survival match. Yeah. And if you can, like, go long enough without dying, like, I think it is literally, like, 99 stocks or something. Like, oh, it's obscene. Geez. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But you get a guaranteed rare drop. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So there's a super hard challenge that if you just really love this game, you can <laughs> go in and, like, boost your chances of getting, like, the rare cards. Yeah. And then there's also, there are, this is more of, like, a almost debug or, like, cheat type thing. But if you go to the, I think it's a central lab, I don't think it's just Tails Lab, you can, like, enter things into a computer, and if you enter codes, you can get sort of, like, unique cards that are, like, put in by the developers. Yeah. So you can get, like, I, I forget what they do, but I think they're just, like, they turn your special moves into, like, super combos. Yeah. There's a bunch of, like, weird little neat stuff at the end of this game. Alright, well, I'll, I'll see what I can get to about that uh, next week when I have more time to play this game. <laughs> uh, there's a few things I want to talk about, unless you unless you want to say that, because I, I just kind of want to appreciate, like... I, I would like to say I am out of time. Fine, fine, let's wrap so, it up. So I think we should save it for next week. Yeah, we're going to... we're gonna, It's going to be a two-parter, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know even know if we're gonna do a thumbs up, thumbs down, honestly. Yeah, like what what do we thumbs this week and what do we thumbs next week? Well we could do thumbs up, thumbs down gameplay and then thumbs up, thumbs down plot for nah, next week. Nah, let's just do let's just do thumbs up, thumbs down emerald. Oh, thumbs up, easily. Yeah, I thumbs think, up. I think thumbs up, yeah. For Emerald himself, I, like I just wish grinding didn't take as long. Well that's gameplay, because Charlie was asking just the character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Like grinding isn't part of Emerald. That's not his he didn't do that to himself. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Blame Sonic Team. You can find us at NoSpin-Zone on Twitter. You can email us using the email NoSpin-Zone at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitch. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Isaiah Games. That's I-S-I-A-H Games. And you can find me at Draws Charlie. Or should I say Draws Out uh, on Twitter where I draw something every day. Good night. Good night. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.